May God speak to you through today's message from Pastor Adam Jungblatt. Good morning. My name is Adam Jungblatt. I'm the membership and ministry pastor here at the park. I'm really glad you're here. I've really enjoyed the series, Becoming a Contagious Christian. You know, I started dipping my toe in the waters of sharing my faith while I was in college. Of all of the times of me just badly messing up, um, just starting off, I got to be honest, one time stands out more than any other. I was with a friend of mine, Brian. Uh, he was in my fraternity, and we just happened to be hanging out. We were in his apartment, and his roommate or one of his friends was there. I, I really didn't know him, but the conversation turned spiritual. And Brian's friends started asking us questions of, well, how do you go to heaven? Um, why doesn't everybody get to go to heaven? Uh, questions like, well, I, I'm, I do a lot of great things, and I volunteer in certain places, so that should get me into heaven. And I quickly realized he's not a Christ follower. And I knew at that point that I was supposed to jump in and do something. And I was supposed to have be prepared and ready and talk about it. But like, I had nothing. And so I'm looking at Brian, my friend, and I'm like, well, this is your friend. Like, you do it. And Brian's looking at me like, I have no clue what to do. And so I, I have like my backpack with me and I have this very Bible. And I open up my Bible and I open to John 3, 16. It's really all I had. My strategy was, I was just going to start reading and just keep reading. Until maybe something miraculous happened. If I had to read the whole gospel of John, I I was planning to do it. Until he just said, I got a class, I got to get out of here. But you know, a miracle did happen. And it wasn't in the way that I thought. Um, My life was changed. So I started reading in John 3.16. And I kept going. And I read and read and read. And I got to John 3.18. And after I read those words, those words jumped out of the page to me. They never have before. It's in your sermon notes. Read along. This is John 3.18. Whoever believes in him, talking about Jesus, is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only son. And it hit me that what I was doing right there wasn't a game. It it wasn't this little conversation, interaction, answering questions. It was real. It hit me that Brian's friend was condemned because he didn't believe in Jesus Christ. And if this conversation that we were having didn't go well, like he was going to spend eternity separated from God in a place the Bible calls hell. Now, I'll be honest with you. I don't remember how the conversation went. I vaguely remember uh, Brian's friend coming to church with us a couple of times. But I remember walking away from that scenario thinking, this is is a lot more than I ever thought. This is real life. This, This isn't a game. This isn't I won some and I lost some. This is people going to heaven or people going to hell. And it changed my life radically in that moment. That's why this series, Becoming a Contagious Christian, is so important. Out of all the series that we've done, this one is important not only for you, but for the people involved in your life. Because this is very real. Like last week, Pastor Mike was talking about how last week's message was 
possibly the most important sermon ever preached at Parkway Fellowship. Well, until this week. <laughs> Last week, Pastor Mike talked about exactly what to say to lead somebody into a relationship with Christ. Remember, he went over those two diagrams. He had the bridge method and the morality ladder method. And, and he taught us exactly what we need to say. Look, if you weren't here, uh, you've got to get a copy of the message. The easiest way to get it is through our Parkway Fellowship app. Um, you can also get it through iTunes. How to download those, it, all the information is in your worship guide. But something that all of us know, all of us know, and it's, it's very common, it's, for us, it's not just important what we say, but in life, it's always important how we say it. I mean, it's the difference between, I'm sorry, and I'm sorry. It's the difference between thank you and thank you. Because how we say things is vitally important. It's like when kids say exactly what they've been taught to say, but it's in the total wrong method, completely sarcastic, just out of obligation. It just sounds empty and hollow. And, and as parents, you know, we get it because it's like, oh, you just totally blew that. And they're looking at you like, I said exactly what you wanted me to say. I know, thanks. Way to go on that one. Because how we say things is vitally important. That's what I want us to talk about today. I want us to talk about not just exactly what we are to say, which Pastor Mike covered last week, but the manner in which we are to enter into these conversations. Keys that we have got to address if we are going to be contagious Christians. If we're going to be successful in sharing our faith, there's three things that we have got to do. Three things that we've got to do. Because how we say things is just as important as what we say. Here's the first one. You have to genuinely care for the other person. If you're going to be a contagious Christian, you have to genuinely care about them. Look, today I want us to look at a passage in Acts chapter 17 of Paul and an interaction that Paul has with the people there in Athens. Look at what it says in Acts 17, 16 through 18. It says, while Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed. Circle greatly distressed for me. To see that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and the God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace day by day with those who happened to be there. A group of Epicurean and Stoic philosophers began to dispute with him. Like at this time, Paul wasn't even planning on being in Athens. He fled to Athens to avoid persecution in Macedonia. This was not a trip that was planned. Things went bad in Macedonia. And so they had to get Paul out of there. So they sent him to Athens. He was basically hiding out. He was hiding out in Athens, kind of letting the scenario die down, let some of their struggles die down. And then he was going to go back on his missionary journeys. Athens at the time when Paul was there, it, Athens was not at the height of its glory with all of the people. There were probably about 10,000 people in Athens right now. But the remains of that great city were still there. False gods everywhere. All of the architecture set up. Everything was there that stood in complete opposition to Paul's message. Paul's message of Jesus Christ the son of God, and Athens were completely opposite. And it says that Paul was greatly distressed. 
his heart hurt for the people of Athens because they lived in a place that was so far from Christ, so far from God that he had to say something. He had to speak up because his heart hurt. It was as if he couldn't stay quiet anymore. He couldn't hide out anymore. Look, our society today is is not that far from Athens. I mean, nowhere in our society does it say, if you have a problem, turn to Jesus Christ. Let me ask you a question. Are you greatly distressed? Let me ask you a question. Does your heart hurt for those in your life that do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? That's another question. Do you even know where your family and closest friends stand when it comes to the issue of Jesus Christ? Our response should be like Paul's. It should hurt. It should hurt us to the point where we have to say something. Look, if we say they're our family and our closest friends, and yet we don't know where they're going to spend eternity, we have to genuinely care. Not just a fake care. I mean, people can tell when you talk to them if you really care about it or not, or you're just blowing past things. Paul cared to the point where he was willing to risk his life because he was hiding out there. He cared so much for the people of Athens, living the lifestyle in the town and the city where they lived. We must hurt and genuinely care for those in our life. Our response has to be like Paul's. But it doesn't just stop from there. I mean, yes, we, we hurt. But there's got to be more. There's more. There's a second thing. There's a second thing that we've got to do if we're going to become contagious Christians. Is that we have to steer the conversation towards spiritual matters. Look, we talk to our family. We talk to our closest friends. But spiritual things don't just randomly come up. Especially if they're not Christ followers. If they're not Christ followers, then spiritual things aren't going to come up because it's just not important to them. We have to steer conversations toward the spiritual matters. Look how Paul did this. Look how Paul did this in Acts 17. In 22 and 23, it says, Paul then stood up in the meeting of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around... And looked carefully at your objects of worship. I even found an altar with this inscription. To an unknown God. I want you to underline this last sentence. Now what you worship as something is unknown. I'm going to proclaim to you. Look in Athens when they were building all of these statues to these false gods. They were so entrenched in, in false idol worship. That they didn't want to offend any of these false gods. And so, I mean, it was basically like, okay, we got the sun god statue, check. Moon, check. Water, check. And they went through all of these deals. And they said, what, what if there's like a god that we're missing? Like, well, we don't want to offend that god. Like, they'll be mad at us and curse us. But we don't know about them. So they built a statue. And it, they titled it at the bottom, to an unknown god. Just so they could cover their tracks. 
Just so that if all of a sudden there was a God that they learned about, they could say, hey, we've been worshiping you the whole time. We have a statue. We just didn't know your name. So we gave you a statue. You are the unknown God. That's how entrenched their society was. So Paul walks up. And it's Paul's, Paul's desire to lead them to Christ. He had to find an in. He had to find an in in his conversation. And so he took the statue of an unknown God. He found his in. And he said, look, what you proclaim as unknown, I'm going to tell you this guy's name. This unknown God you have here, I know him. And I'm going to tell you who he is. That was the in that he took. Look, when you're having conversations with people, you have to continually look for your end. You have to be the one to steer a conversation towards spiritual matters. If you don't, the conversation will never go there. Like, I, I, hear, it, I hear it frequently of people, hey, would you pray for me? I'm going to talk to a family member about Christ. I'll follow up. Hey, how was it? You know what? It just never came up. Well, of course it didn't come up. They're not going to bring it up. You have to bring it up. It's your responsibility to steer the conversation towards spiritual matters. Look, I, I put a couple things in here of how to do that. Here are some examples of steering a conversation towards spiritual matters. Look, whenever the topic of work comes up, people always ask, hey, how's work going? You know, work is good, but you know what's great? A great introduction to lead into my small group at church, the series that we're doing at church. You know what's great? The small group that my kids are involved in. The retreat that my junior high or high school student just took. And an easy way for you to lead in to these conversations. Like if you're talking to somebody who's recently moved, here's a simple one. Have you found a good church? I mean, you're helping them out. You go through, hey, you've got to eat here. This is where we go do this. Oh, have you found a good church? It's in. It's a question for them to go through. Here's a great one. Music. Look, bring up the most recent song or album that you purchased. You can be able to say, talk about the band up here, the worship that we have. Look, I just bought this album, and they sound just like this contemporary group. It's an easy in to steer a conversation towards spiritual matters. Here's another one. Nature. Nature... It, we see it all around us. We see sunsets. We see the stars. It's easy to bring up. Gosh, isn't God's creativity amazing? Just lay it out there and see what they say. Lay it out there and just see where they take it. Man, can you believe God created all of this stuff in six days and they rested on the seventh? Boy, that'll get a conversation started. I mean, but look, that's exactly what we have to do. Look, one, when you're sitting around watching sports with the guys, you know, like when everybody scores a touchdown in the end, they always like point up and, you know, give God the credit. And you can just see something like, you think God's like really happy? Think God's like waiting for it? Like they score a touchdown, they give the point up and it's like, they scored. Oh God, they gave me the credit. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. I mean, it doesn't happen so much with the Cowboys because they really don't score a lot of touchdowns. But like with the Texans, very spiritual team, very spiritual team. Whenever they score, they give God the credit. I know. It's like, it makes you wonder if somebody scores and like they don't give God the credit. God's like, you're not scoring again. That's not happening. Yeah, that ankle, blown. Watch this. I know. It's an easy way to steer a conversation. When the guys are watching the football game together, however it goes, that's a fun one. Look, here's one. 
parenting. Parenting issues come up all the time. All the time, parenting conversations happen. Here is a great in. Look, you can always tell somebody, you know what? We use an app and take-home sheets at our church to help us parent. Look, we have the ParentQ app that completely syncs up with the take-home sheets that we have across the board in our, in our student, in our kids' ministry. And the take-home sheets coincide with that app. Like, I get on my app a notification of, like, what to talk to my kids about while I'm tucking them in bed that coincides with the message they learned on Sunday. I look like a spiritual genius in my house. But before I go tuck my kids in, all I do is just pull my phone out, ask this question. Awesome. Put it back in. And I have a great conversation with my kids about spiritual matters. Man, if you're having a conversation with a friend of yours and they need help parenting and you tell them that, they're going to be completely intrigued. And your conversation is going to change and it's going to turn to spiritual matters about here, up at church, in our kids and our student ministry. Look, we have got to take the responsibility. We've got to take the responsibility in turning these matters spiritual. All right, now let's get to a little bit of specifics. Once you turn the conversation to spiritual matters, you're going to be talking about things for a little bit, church, God, Jesus. They're going to come up. I've put down some key questions that you have to ask because you can't just have a generic spiritual conversation. You've got to be able to lead them to a point where you can get into the bridge and the morality ladder methods that Pastor Mike was talking about last week. So here's how you do that. I typed them out there for you in your notes. Here's the first key. The first key thing is you have to say is, may I ask you a personal question? May I ask you a personal question? Obviously, if we're going to get into the issue of discussing heaven and hell, it's extremely personal. Most likely they're going to say yes. Yeah, yeah, sure, you can ask me a personal question, especially if they're family or close friends. Here's the next thing you say. If you were to die today, how confident are you that you would go to heaven? Are you 25% sure? 50% sure? 80? 90% sure? Look, you've got to find out exactly where they are. You've got to find out. Have them give you an answer. I'm 50% sure. You know what? I'm 80% sure. And then they'll give you a reason. You know, it's because like I do a lot of really good things, but at the same time I've done bad things, but I've done more good things than I have bad things. After they answer it, here's where you say, if I could show you a way, you could be 100% sure. Would you be interested? The answer is going to be yes. Because if they're 80% sure, it's that 20% that keeps them awake at night. If they're 90% sure, it's that 10% that always makes them wonder in the back of their mind, am I going to heaven? What's going to happen after all of this? So they're going to say yes. Now listen, at any point, the conversation might change. It might steer somewhere else. That's okay. But look, these... This is how, this is exactly what Paul did. You find your in and you take it. God is brought up. Jesus is brought up. You run with that conversation. And then you get to a point and you say, I'm going to ask you a personal question. If you were to die today, how confident would you be you'd go to heaven? Look, if I could show you a way, you'd be 100% sure. Would you be interested? They're going to say yes. That's when you move into the bridge and the morality ladder methods that Pastor Mike talked about. 
you walk them through that. That's why it's so important that if you weren't here last week, get a copy of that message. This is your in. This is what Paul did. Paul's heart hurt. He found his in and he took it. And he began to lead them down the path. But like after you show the bridge and the morality ladder examples, it doesn't stop there. There's a third thing that you've got to do. You have to ask for a commitment. You have to seal the deal. Look at what happens in the very end of Acts 17, 32 through 34. It says, when they heard about the resurrection of the dead, some of them sneered, but others said, we want to hear you again on this subject. At that, Paul left the council. A few became Christ followers of Paul, uh, became followers of Paul and believed. Look, Paul found his in, he took it. Some of them wanted to continue in the spiritual matter. Some of them didn't want to continue in it, but some of them did. Some said, hey, we like this spiritual matter conversation. I want to hear more about this unknown God that you talk about. Paul led them away and they continued. And then somehow we know they went from not believing to they believed. At some point, Paul said, are you in? He asked for a commitment and he sealed the deal. Look, you can't display the bridge and the morality ladder method and then say, all right, that was good. Great, thanks. No, we have to say, look, do you want to do, do this? Do you want to become a Christ follower? It's as if you're a salesperson and you work for a business and you go and you have lunch and you display the product and tell all about the product and everything about it. But then you never say, so we got a deal. Are we going to do business together? Are we going to enter into this? If you talk about your product, then you just say, hey, great, let's do this again next time. And you leave. Nobody does that. Look at all the times that I've shared Christ. All the times. I've never gotten a commitment from somebody unless I ask for it. Somebody who doesn't believe in Christ isn't going to say, I would like to commit, make a commitment. I want to do this, you know, right now. Because they don't know how. So after you do the bridge and the morality ladder method, there's another, there's a next step. Here's the key number four. And like there was a, a misprint in your sermon notes right here. So here it is. It's going to pop up on the screen. Would you like to pray right now to become a Christ follower? Would you like to pray right now to become a Christ follower? Look, at this point, some of your conversations are going to end. Some people are going to say no. In my case, that, that's the majority of them. Most people want to go think about it. They're not ready. They say no thank you, and they move on. And look, it, it can be pretty frustrating, and it can be pretty discouraging. But a verse that I turn to all the time is Luke 10, 16. I, I want to read it for you because there's great encouragement in it. Luke 10, 16 says, he who listens to you listens to me. He who rejects you rejects me. But he who rejects me rejects him who sent me. Look, they're not rejecting you. If somebody says no. If somebody says no, you know what? I don't. I don't want to accept Jesus right now. I don't believe in the same things that you believe. Look, they're not rejecting you personally. This isn't about you. This is about them 
and God. It's about the one who sent Jesus Christ. It has nothing to do with their relationship with you. This isn't going to ruin or end the relationship that you have with them. It's just good that this conversation is going to end. And that's okay. Look, my prayer when that happens to me is that they would know that if there comes a time in their life where they want to continue to talk about it, they can come talk to me. Because I laid everything out for them. And I made it very clear and very simple. And they know that I genuinely care about them. I read Luke ten sixteen all the time. Conversations that I have over the phone, in person. I think somebody's going to accept Christ and they don't. And I go and I read it and it's encouraging to me. It's not about me. Don't get my feelings hurt. It's between them and God. But there are going to come those times when somebody says, yes, I do. And then, woo! Yeah! I mean, like, that's what we want. That's when it gets exciting. That's when it gets exciting and you're like, yes! So many times it's like, awesome, now I really don't know how to do that. And they're like, what? You don't know how to do that? You just, you kidding me? Look, it's at this point that we lead them through a sample prayer. A sample prayer, it, it, you can lean into the sample prayer that's at the bottom of your sermon notes. But look, the reality is, is you're not going to have a copy of the sermon notes with you. When you go through this whole illustration, you're going to be saying, you know what, I have sermon notes right here. Let me read you through this prayer. Look, there's a couple of key elements and essential things of the prayer that I, I want to go out. Now, when I sent in the notes, like for the, for the sermon notes that are in your, that you have right now, I kind of changed my mind afterwards and I thought of easier things. A lot of easier things for you to remember. So uh, those are going to be on the screen. The ones that you have, fine. But these are easier to remember. Easier to remember. I think in your sermon notes, you have like four things to remember. I only got three. I've only got three for you. So I'm making this as easy as possible. Look, when you lead somebody and they say, yes, I want to pray to become a Christ follower. There's really just three key elements. The more I thought about it, that they need to say in a prayer. And you need to look at these and you need to remember these. So you might want to write them down. Look, I believe in you and you died on the cross for me. So when somebody prays, they need to say, Jesus, I believe in you and that you died on the cross for me. Second thing, they need to say, please forgive me for my sins. Please forgive me for my sins. And the third thing, I commit to change my ways and follow Christ. That's it. When you boil it down to its most basic components, the more I thought about it, these three elements are really all that matters. Jesus, I believe in you and you down the cross for me. Please forgive me of my sins. I'm going to change my ways and I'm going to follow you. That's all it is. Everything else will completely take care of itself. When you get to the point and you ask for that commitment and you are sealing the deal and they say yes, No matter what else they say, if these three things are present, fine. It's done. It's absolutely fantastic. Look, now after that, there are a couple of tips I want to give you. These are just freebies to write on the side of your notes. of How to really make that moment, seal the deal, just make it really special and fantastic. And here's the first thing that you can have them do. Have them right after they pray to become a Christ follower, have them pray for themselves. Have them pray. 
Just say, hey, look, now how about you pray to ask God to guide you or, you know, say thank you. And the, they're basically their, you know, first prayers of Christ followers. So it's not eloquent. It might be a little awkward, but it's their first step into praying. And it really helps seal the deal of what they just did to become a Christ follower for the first time. Another thing that I like to ask people to do is, hey, when we're done here, I want you to call the person in your life that would be the most excited for you. You know, maybe it's a grandma that you have that you know that he or she, they, 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 a grandparent that always goes to church. And that if you called them and told them that you just became a Christ follower, they would be thrilled. Maybe it's a friend of yours that you work with that you know they go to church a lot. But call one person. Call somebody to let them know what just happened. It kind of gets it out in the open. It gets it out in the open and it, and it makes it just really exciting for them. And, and have somebody else, have somebody else be excited for them as well the next time they see them. Well, here's something else you can do. Invite them to come to church the next week with you. More than just a, hey, let's just, I'll meet you there. But something that's great that you can always do is, hey, let's grab breakfast before church and then let's go. Or, hey, let's meet at church and then we'll definitely go, you know, to lunch afterwards. But make it, a, make it something special. It enters them into church. It gets them excited. They know they're new. But by doing either one of those three things, it really seals the deal. And that's what we're looking for. That's what you want. I mean, if you've done all of this work to lead them to the point where they prayed the prayer to accept Christ, that's what you want. That's when it really, really, really gets exciting. But look, when it all boils down to the end, you know what the most important thing is to me? You have to genuinely care. You have to genuinely care. Look, I walked into that conversation that I had with Brian's friend early on. I didn't care. I was doing it more out of obligation. And it was amazing how I went from not caring to my heart being broken for him in literally the matter of minutes. Look, our heart must break for the people in this community that are living life far from God. And then when they die, are going to spend eternity from him. That's got to break our heart. It starts there. That's where it started with Paul. Being greatly distressed. Look, the families on sports teams that your kids are on with you. In school. The people that you work with. The play groups that you're involved in. When you see them, I want your heart to hurt. If you don't know where they are spiritually. If you don't know if they are Christ followers. That's where it begins. And that all started for me when I was in college. Like on everybody right now to pull out your sermon notes. Uh, pull out your connection card. In the very back of your connection card, there's a spot where it talks about next steps. I want you to pick a next step. Why don't you pick a next step uh, from the message today? Look, maybe for you it's this first one. Pray that God would break my heart for those that are not Christ followers. Look, if that's you, check that box. Maybe for you it's this next one. To be intentional about steering conversations towards spiritual matters. Maybe the third one. Practice getting into the gospel presentation, keys one through three, on a family member. 
Look, those three key questions that we talked about. Look, can I ask you a personal question? If you were to die today, and if I could show you a way, like, rehearse those. Go through that a couple times to where it feels natural with a family member. Look, get a copy of last week's message and practice the bridge and morality ladder methods of sharing my faith. Like, if you didn't do that last week, I know that was one of the next steps. If you didn't practice, practice this week, now that everything's laid out for you. Look, practice leading someone in the prayer to become a Christ follower. Look, just go through it. Just practice. You know, on your spouse, hey, let's just practice this thing so that I can be ready to ask for commitment and seal the deal. Maybe for you, it's this one. Become a Christ follower right now for the very first time. Look, if this is you, and you realize that you've never become a Christ follower, check that box. Look, if you're not 100% sure, why stay awake at night over 10 or 20%? Check that box. There's a sample prayer at the bottom of your sermon notes. Read that prayer right now. When Pat and the worship team come up in a minute, later today, I don't care. Just pray that prayer to become a Christ follower. And then there's this last one. Sign me or my children or teen up for a small group. Look, we've been talking about it for a while. Small group start for adults this week. If you haven't signed up for a small group yet, sign up today. Sign up today. Like, I cannot tell you how exciting it would be as a small group. If the people in your small group, like, you want to talk about practicing this on people? Do it as a small group. You need help for prayer, for encouragement, to get over these things, that's what small group's for. Look, during the spring, things are going to come up in your life that you need help with and that you need prayer for. This is where your small group's from. Look, if you want to make Parkway Fellowship your home in 2013, which I would absolutely love, and this is where you want to make friends, this is where you want to kind of grow your own little community right here, look, it happens in small group. There is no way for you to get to know everybody in this room and to be good friends with anybody in this room. You can come to this church for months, but if you don't go to small group, you're not going to be good friends with anybody. You have got to sign up for a small group, and they start this week. Look, if you sign up for a group from the catalog that's in your worship guide, there's a code next to every small group, write your name and the code in that little line right there. If you sign up for a group that's tonight, you're probably going to miss the first week. We'll get you all the information this week, and then you'll be able to start next week. But look, Sign up today, please. All right, I'm going to close in a word of prayer as Pat and the worship team come back up. Hey, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today. I pray that you would continue to send your spirit to be with us, God, as a church, as we try to become contagious Christians. God, as we make the steps and the effort, God, to be greatly distressed for our friends, for our family, for our neighbors, for the community around us. God, I pray that you would help us, God, to steer conversation spiritually. God, that we can truly lead people to become Christ followers for the first time. God, would you help us to get over any frustration? God, to get over any hesitancy or fear that we may have. God, knowing that it is not about us, but that it it is about you and your son whom you sent to die on the cross for our sins. So God, we love you. We thank you so much for what you're doing in our lives and in this church. And we ask all this in your name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com or facebook.com slash parkwayfellowship. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more. It is available both in the Apple App Store and Android's Google Play.